Welcome to T. Rowe Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Christine Akins, and I'm delighted to be your host. I've spent my career helping people prepare for retirement. My colleagues joining me today are financial professionals who help people on their retirement journey, whether they are planning for retirement or are already there. Today, we're focusing on retirement-based decisions you may need to make when you are a certain age. Saving for retirement is a lifelong effort, and sometimes life gets in the way, and sometimes sensitive decisions can sneak up on us. And if we feel unprepared when we need to make an important decision, it can be a real confidence killer. Joining me to discuss some of these retirement-based decisions are Kelly Coates-Carter, a certified financial planner professional, and Natalia Garayoa, a chartered retirement planning counselor. Welcome to the show, Kelly and Natalia. Thanks, Christine. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, let's jump right into it and start with a big birthday, the big 5-0. Natalia, what's so special about turning 50? Well, Christine, you get to give yourself the gift of extra contributions in your retirement accounts the year you turn 50. The IRS allows you to do that. So in 2022, for IRA accounts, it is an extra $1,000, and for 401ks, 403bs, and 457s, it is an extra $6,500. Natalia, that sounds great, but that's a lot of extra money to come up with. Do a lot of people do that? Does it really make a big difference in putting away money that close to retirement? I guess my question is, is there enough time for it to really make a difference? Kelly? Yeah, there is time, and it does make a significant difference, Christine. Here's an example. Two investors, Christian and Camille, each earn $150,000 a year, and they each have $600,000 in their 401ks by age 49. Last year, they both turned 50 and could save a maximum of $19,500. And the catch-up contribution was $6,500 on top of that. Christian contributes $19,500, and Camille contributes that plus the $6,500 catch-up, so a total of $26,000. That continues each year until they turn 65. It's possible Camille could have saved nearly an additional $175,000 for retirement over those 15 years assuming a 7% annual return and steady contribution limits. That's such a significant difference. And in Camille's situation, that's almost an extra year of salary, just significant for somebody saving for retirement. So saving that extra $6,500 a year may be a big stretch, but what about IRAs? Even making smaller catch-up contributions can make a difference. If you are eligible to contribute that additional $1,000 catch-up per year to your IRA starting at age 50 and do that each year until you are age 65, that could lead to an extra $25,100 of savings by age 65, assuming you get a 7% annual return. The power of compounding interest. So, Natalia, when you are 55, what can you do with your 401k? So this is pretty interesting. From this age forward, if you retire, 
you are eligible to take withdrawals from your current workplace retirement plan without having to pay the 10% early withdrawal penalty. Now, this rule does not apply to IRAs or former employer plans if you were not at least age 55 when you left that employer. But it is a nice option to have in case you leave your employer and might need or want to access that money. Your employer might have rules on if you can take out the money all at once or the withdrawals need to be made a certain way. When people have 401ks and leave jobs, they have four options. They can cash it out, they can leave it in the plan, they might be able to roll it into another employer plan, or they can roll it over into an IRA. So this is one case where if you leave a job at 55 and retire, you might want to wait and see what to do. Your plan should be able to provide more details if you want to take advantage of this. Here's also one more thing that you can do in the year you turn 55, Christine. Remember we started off the conversation talking about catch-up contributions to IRAs and 401ks. Well, if you have a high-deductible health plan, you can contribute an extra $1,000 to a health savings account from age 55 on. That's really good to know, Kelly. So when people talk about retirement, age 59 and a half comes up a lot. We don't celebrate half birthdays as much as an adult. But Natalia, why is this age special? It is very special. Although it is not only a half birthday, turning age 59 and a half is a major retirement milestone. From this point forward, Christine, you might be able to begin withdrawing money from your retirement plan accounts, including IRAs, without paying the 10% early withdrawal penalty. You will, however, need to pay taxes on taking the money out of the account because it actually counts as income. So, Kelly, do IRAs work the same way at age 59 and a half? Yes, for the most part, they do. For pre-tax IRAs, you can take a distribution without penalty at age 59 and a half, but taxes will be due because that money has not yet been taxed. It does differ for Roth IRAs. There are no taxes on the distribution if you're over age 59 and a half and if you have invested in the Roth for more than five years. Even if you haven't had the money invested for longer than five years, you can still take a penalty-free distribution after age 59 and a half, but a portion of that distribution could be taxable as it would represent the earnings on the investment that you have. Thanks for explaining that. Well, now we're moving into the 60s, and there's a few ages associated with Social Security. If you are 60 and widowed, you might qualify for widow's benefits. There is a tool on the Social Security website that can help determine your eligibility. At age 62, investors can begin receiving reduced Social Security benefits. However, investors should consider delaying these benefits. Waiting just a few years to claim Social Security can increase both monthly and lifetime benefits. That's so true, Natalia. If you can avoid claiming your benefit to at least the full retirement age or even later, you'll be able to receive a larger lifetime benefit. Claiming early 
at age 62 means your benefit can be reduced by as much as 30%. But delaying to past your full retirement age means a total increase of 8% for each year that you wait. You know, Social Security is an inflation-protected benefit, so making the wisest choice to delay or at least waiting until your full retirement age ensures that you're not locking in a lower benefit for life and instead are giving yourself the best chance for the larger benefit. One other thing I wanted to mention about the decision regarding claiming and claiming early is that if you do claim early and are still working, you really want to be careful and to watch how much money you're making because you could be penalized if you earn above the Social Security earnings limit. And that, in fact, would reduce the amount of benefit that you would receive. That, of course, goes away, and you don't have to worry about that after you have reached your full retirement age, but it is something to think about. That's a great reminder, Kelly. 65 is the age most people associate with retirement and when they want to stop working. What decisions do we need to make at age 65? Age 65, you are eligible to enroll in Medicare, and this is important because you aren't automatically enrolled in Medicare. You have to choose what kind of coverage you want, and there are a variety of coverage options. And you need to take care of this during a seven-month window, which includes the three months before your 65th birthday. Moreover, If you don't enroll on time, you will pay higher premiums over your entire lifetime. So it is important to select a plan for your health care. And I think it's also important to add that Medicare doesn't cover all of your health care expenses. For instance, it won't cover vision exams or dental exams, and it may not even cover prescription drugs depending on the plan you choose. Medicare Advantage has a drug plan as an example, but not all Medicare plans do. So it is a good time before you reach age 65 to research the premiums, research the coverage, and you can do that all at Medicare.gov. Additionally, enrollment is different depending upon whether or not you are retired or still working or if you have a spouse that's covered by an employer plan. Medicare may not be your first coverage provider, so it is important to check with Medicare, your employer, or your spouse's employer to be certain. Let's get back to Social Security. We talked about the earliest you could start to claim benefits, but when else could you start claiming? Well, you could claim at any time after age 62, so you could do it at 63, 64, etc. Your benefit will just be less than what you would receive if you claimed at your full retirement age. Full retirement age used to be 65, and over the years it has changed to 66 and 66 in a few more months. And for people born in 1960 or later, it's now up to age 67. We talked previously about your benefit becomes less if you claim when you're first eligible at age 62. This example is from the Social Security website located at ssa.gov. And it gives us an example of what the maximum benefits are for 2022. Now, 
This is the most that anyone can receive, and it may not apply to your specific situation. But I want to share these numbers with you just so you can understand why many people suggest waiting to start. So here we go. If you claimed your benefit at age 62, the maximum benefit you would receive is $2,364 per month. If you waited until your full retirement age to claim, that benefit would then be $3,345 per month. And then finally, if you delayed until age 70 to start your benefits, that maximum benefit would be $4,194 per month. So as you can see, there's lots of food for thought there. Lots to consider there. You could almost say that there is something you can check on annually during your 60s when it comes to Social Security. So let's go to age 70. Well, Christine, if you have not claimed your benefit prior, age 70 is when your Social Security benefit has reached its maximum. It's not going to increase anymore after that, so it's definitely time to claim. Okay, Well, we've got one last age, and that is age 72. Let's talk about required minimum distributions, or RMDs. Kelly, which accounts are eligible for RMDs? Well, Christine, any account that has not already been taxed is eligible. That means your IRAs, traditional and rollover, simple and SEP IRAs, your retirement plan accounts, your 401k, your 403b, your 457, and Roth 401ks. All of these accounts require minimum distributions in the year you turn 72 or no later than April the 1st of the year after you turn 72. And then every year by December the 31st thereafter. Often clients talk with me about delaying that first RMD until that April the 1st deadline, which is allowed. But what I make sure they understand is that they will still have to take a second RMD in that same tax year. I want to ensure that they have planned for that unanticipated additional taxable income. So depending upon their tax situation and their goals, it may make sense for them to start taking that RMD in the year that they turn 72 versus waiting until the following year. That's right. Now, it used to be that you needed to take required minimum distributions, RMDs, from your retirement accounts the year you turn 70 and a half. But that actually changed in 2020, so now the age is 72. If you are still working over the age of 72, you might have the option to delay your first RMD in your current employer's retirement plan until you are no longer working for that employer. But you would still need to take your RMD from your IRA accounts. Now, if you left a 401k at an employer, Or in some cases, some people have left more than one 401k at an old job. You need to take an RMD from each one of those 401k accounts. The 401k record keeper or plan administrator should be able to calculate that for you. 
That's a really good point, Natalia. And how you take RMDs from IRAs is different than how you have to take them from a 401k. If you, for example, have multiple IRAs at different financial institutions, you can take the total RMD from one IRA account. You don't have to take the required minimum distribution out of each of the IRA accounts. But if you do have multiple IRA accounts at different institutions, this might also be a good time to consider consolidation. Investing retirement assets with one or two institutions will make it easier for you to keep track of them, and it will also help ensure you don't get penalized for distributing too little or none at all if you've forgotten about one of your IRAs. If you want to reduce your RMD exposure, there are a few things you can do. Generally, clients look at converting assets to Roth accounts prior to RMD age and claiming Social Security. This has been a great conversation. I feel like we've covered two decades in a short time. So let's summarize a few key takeaways for our listeners. Natalia, what would you highlight? Prioritize your retirement by putting your finances first. I know we talk about catch-up contributions to workplace savings plans or IRAs if you are 50 and older, and depending on the amount, it might be hard for people to do the entire catch-up amount. Log on to your workplace plan and see where you are currently contributing. Then maybe try to increase your contributions by 1% or 2%. See how that goes after a few pay periods, and you can always change it if you need to. That's really helpful, Natalia. What things would you emphasize, Kelly? So, Christine, recognizing that there are key milestones based on the age that you are, there may be also other significant life events that can occur between those birthdays. For instance, some of my clients often find themselves eager to save more for retirement once they have accomplished other objectives, like paying off a mortgage or helping a child pay for college, the larger point being completing one financial objective can often be a catalyst for redirecting funds towards another financial goal. So don't overlook those opportunities. Those are great points, too. Well, it's hard to believe, but it's time for us to start wrapping up this discussion. We want to leave our listeners with a parting thought or a next step. Natalia, let's start with you. I will suggest going online to Social Security's website, ssa.gov, and create an account if you haven't done so yet. You can then check your earnings and get a look at what your future monthly benefit could be. Sounds good. Kelly, what would be a first step? I would encourage folks to spend a few minutes on a retirement calculator. I'm a big fan of them. There are several free ones online, and they can give you an idea or help you with an idea of how much you are saving. And if you wanted to save more, how much of a difference that could make to you down the road. Thank you both so much for joining me today. This has been a terrific conversation. Thank you, Christine. You're so welcome. My pleasure. Again, I'm Christine Akins, and thank you for listening. Please tune in for our next episode, which focuses on steps for retiring when you're single. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I hope your next step towards retirement is a confident one.
T. Rowe Price, Retire with Confidence. The catch-up contribution example is provided for educational purposes only and not meant to represent the performance of any specific investment option. The assumptions used may not reflect actual market conditions or your specific circumstances. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you, nor is it intended to serve as a primary basis for investment decision-making. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Information and opinions presented have been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable and current. However, we cannot guarantee the source's accuracy or completeness. IRAs and retirement accounts should be considered long-term investments. Both IRAs and retirement accounts generally have expenses and account fees, which may impact the value of the account. Maximum IRA contributions are subject to eligibility requirements. Early withdrawals are subject to taxes and possible penalties. For more detailed information about taxes, consult a tax attorney or accountant for advice. Copyright 2022, T. Rowe Price, All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price, Invest with Confidence, Retire with Confidence, The Bighorn Sheep Design, and Confident Conversations, Collectively and or Apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated, All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated, Distributor, T. Rowe Price, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, Investment Advisor.